Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 2-9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I'm not getting no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Today, it's special guest hosts Brad Carson and Sparky Pfeiffer on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. 901 here in Memphis, Tennessee. The voice you hear is Brad Carson. And as Mr. Voice said, we introduce a new special guest host here on 92.9. His name is Sparky Pfeiffer, a.k.a. Sparky Radio, a.k.a. Steve Pfeiffer. Good day, Steve. How are you? Good morning. How are you, man? I'm feeling good to be on in Memphis. Looking forward to this. Yeah, uh, just to kind of lay it out for the audience here. We hold multiple hats on 92.9 FM. Uh, of course, you've heard my voice on the radio here before, filling in for Jeff. Uh, I'm a program director for the radio station. I'll be filling in a little bit in the afternoons from 2 to 4 for uh, Giannato and Jeffrey. Um, but uh, Steve works for our company, Odyssey. He helps with 790 The Bet. In fact, he programs 790 The Bet at this point. Um, and uh, you help us put all of the programming together for the Cardinal games as well. And I bring that up reluctantly because this is what happened on the Cardinals game. This is actually the winner's side uh, call, Sparky, before we get into Grizzlies um, and everything else that's going on in Memphis. And the runner goes from second to third on a tapper back to the mound, and it's overthrown. One run's going to score, and here comes the game winner. Now, that was not a home run call. That was not even a spectacular play from the Marlins to win the game against the Cardinals last night on 790 The Bet here in Memphis or on KMOX in St. Louis or wherever you hear Cardinals radio. Um, Cardinals lost because Jordan Hicks threw a 101-mile-an-hour fastball that trickled up to the the mound, and he grabbed it, and he overthrew Paul Goldschmidt at first base. The Cardinals lost 10-9 last night, Sparky. Uh, and, and, And... there was all sorts of weird stuff going on last night. Your Milwaukee Brewers also blew a game against the Cubs last night. They did indeed. Uh, Devin Williams normally is uh, pretty locked down, I'm pretty sure. Uh, did blow that uh, game last night, uh, giving up three runs. They were up 3-1 and ended up losing that game 4-3. to I have a question for you because, sure. as you mentioned, you're in charge of this radio station. Um, so do you think that it's uh, good to play l- – highlights of the other team doing well against your favorite team. So, like, 
if the Grizzlies lose on a big three-pointer playing the other team's highlights. Me, uh, I, I, it drives me nuts. Like, yeah. as a Brewers fan or a Packer fan or whatever the case may be, I hear the other team's highlights. I'm like, okay, so as a fan, do I really want to hear the other team's announcers getting all excited and all fired up about beating my team? Or to be better served, just not even hearing the highlight. We all know what happened. We can all just move on with our lives uh, at this point. Does anybody ever fight back on that from that aspect? No, no, I think you're right. Uh, that was the first one I could find on Twitter that would pull through no, the no, board no. Yeah. Uh, from a yeah. technical perspective. But uh, you're right. It's painful. Here's where a lot of these fans are. And we were at this point here in Memphis multiple times. Here's a good example. Tubby Smith, when he was coaching for the Tigers, yep. um, there came a point with Tubby Smith where we wanted Tubby, he played a game against Cincinnati that was a pretty important game uh, at FedEx Forum. Uh, I think they ended up winning the game. But I think at the point at the end of Tubby Smith's run in Memphis, Memphis fans didn't want Tubby to win because they wanted Tubby Smith fired uh, because they wanted Penny Hardaway or they wanted something else. Mm -hmm. I think Cardinal fans have reached the point where they want the Cardinals to get blown out like they did two nights ago or last night where they just sort of chunk it away. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful uh, or be a weird fan, but here in 2023, it's like we want the next best thing, and I think uh, fans are, are no different. So uh, the, the end comes faster usually when stuff like that happens. Um, now for the Milwaukee Brewers, they're a much better team, but we don't talk a lot of baseball here in Memphis. We've probably talked about as much baseball in the last four minutes as we'll talk all day, Steve. <laughs> As I explained to you, because this is a uh, this is Hoop City. This is, we talk about basketball yeah. all day. So uh, Sparky's going to be with us. We've got Yahoo's Dan Devine, who will join us at Your Man Devine uh, around 9.30 or so here on the Jeff Calkins Show. Uh, he talks to us every Thursday around 9.30. He wrote a pretty, coo- pretty good column about the uh, Damian Lillard situation that's going on in Portland, who wants out in Portland now, but he's using his agent to tell other teams, don't bother trading for him. He's going to Miami. Uh What's going on with Damian Lillard in in your mind, Steve? Hey, man, he may not have a no trade clause um, to dictate you know where he wants to go necessarily at the end of the day, like Bradley Beal did. Uh, but you can use your agent to kind of get the way that you, you want things to be at the end of the day. Because let's face facts: if the Portland Trailblazers say, "Hey," We're going to trade you to the Detroit Pistons because they have a lot of young talent and we can get our best deal uh, by moving him to the Detroit Pistons. Damian Lillard is not going to the Detroit Pistons. He'll simply say, okay, well, then I retire. I'm not I'm not going. I'm like, I'm <laughs> not going to play in Detroit. I'm done. Yeah. See ya. It's not happening. I'm going to send you to the Timberwolves. No, that's not happening either. I'm not going there either. Nope. In a weird way, while he may not have a no-trade clause, he's going to have final say in this whole thing as far as where he ends up. And... Back when the Packers went through this rigmarole with Aaron Rodgers right. uh, and and him wanting out, they essentially let him call his shot. I want to go to the Jets. And then they only essentially negotiated with the Jets, which just made me livid. M- my thing is, all right, Damian Lillard, you want to trade? No problem. Give me your top three teams that you're willing to go to. Not one, three. Right. Because we, you have to put us in a situation to get the best deal. If we're going to trade you, we need to get the best deal. If you're not willing to do that, then you're staying, and I'm not trading you. But, but you got to have some cojones at the end of the day when you're dealing with a player and his agent when you hold all the cards, and Portland does hold all the cards. They do hold all the cards. I'm still waiting for the scenario in 2023, 24, 25, where these new contracts where somebody actually calls their bluff and trades them to a team they don't want to go to, and then they they also do their part, and they go, well, I'm just going to be unhappy and not play. 
Because you don't really see it anymore, do you? I, I've never, I haven't seen it recently. No, I don't think you've you've really seen it. I mean, you've seen guys uh, throw temper tantrums like Jimmy Butler did in Minnesota when he wanted out of Minnesota and that whole deal and get unhappy and kind of force your way out to where the team tells you just to stay away uh, until yeah. you know they figure out where to trade you. You've seen that. But for the most part, you've not seen somebody refuse uh, to go somewhere when they've been traded somewhere. And I think for the most part, in a situation like Portland – uh, with Damian Lillard, that fan base loves Damian Lillard. And I'm sure they don't want him to leave. But at this point, they've got to understand, look, they, they, they've tried everything they can. Uh, and it certainly has not worked time after time after time. And now they're going into a straight rebuild. They're not making any bones about it. So Lillard wants to go to a, a place where he has a chance to win a championship ring. I think as a fan, you can respect that and get down with that and understand that. And I think Lillard, not having lived in Portland ever in my life, but I would think Lillard has some fan support here from the aspect of, dude, give him a chance to go somewhere and win. But at the same perspective as a fan, it's got to be, but it's not going to be for a bunch of garbage uh, in return. And we look like we got, you know, taken on this deal. Because from Miami's standpoint, they got two guys. They got Bam and got Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero, who again, is a Wisconsin native, actually grew up like two minutes from where I'm at in the radio station here, I is apparently not wanted by Portland. And they don't want to deal with his contract. And apparently others don't want to deal with Tyler Hero's contract. And that's the best asset they have at this point outside of those other two who it doesn't appear Pat Riley uh, is willing to trade. They've lost a couple of guys in free agency already. So that's not going to work. It'll be interesting to see what Portland does. If Portland says, I don't care if you want to go to Miami or not, we're going to make this work, and we're going to trade you somewhere else. But it's going to have to be somewhere where they can convince Lillard that he's still going to have a chance to win a championship. Yeah, the the most recent example in Memphis I have really is Marcus Smart, who is now a Memphis Grizzly after the three-way trade with Washington and Porzingis going to Boston and with us exporting uh, Tyus Jones to Washington. Um, player you're familiar with, have, having been up up north in Minnesota and uh, in those parts. But, yep. you know, it was a good trade for Memphis because they replace Dylan Brooks with a better version of Dylan Brooks in Marcus Smart. The initial reports were, you know, Marcus Smart is not that happy because he really he was beloved in Boston. He was a great player for them. But I think Boston saw him as a player that they needed to move on from and upgrade for a scorer like uh, a, a wing player, a 4-5 combo, uh, you know, sort of a gazelle uh, with Porzingis coming in in the three-way deal from Washington and Memphis. But at the end of the day, Marcus Smart, it appears, has is a team player and he's happy and, and he put the Instagram and the Twitter messages out and now... Uh, I should say, threads messages uh, that uh, that the people are putting out on the internet because Twitter seems to be going away after last night. Did you get your new threads account uh, while we're talking about this? Uh, no, I am not. I saw that the station, your station, ESPN, yep. uh, is already on threads. Nicely done. I'll have to get our station Milwaukee on threads as well. This is my thing. Yep. Outside of looking in, right? So, sure. so, you know, don't get mad at me. No, give me. I want the real I, scoop, Steve. When Marcus Smart went to... Memphis, I said, oh, look, they had to get Ja a babysitter. Then they got Derrick Rose, and I said, oh, look, they got him another one. That, to me, is what this is all about. To me, looking at this outside in, not there, this is we need to get Ja's head on correctly, the right way, and get back to being what Ja was previous to whatever this was the last year. And Marcus Smart is a guy that Ja, I think, is going to respect. Marcus Smart is not going to back down from Ja Morant at all. He's going to tell him what's on his mind. He's going to be a vocal leader. That's who that dude is. He's going to be respected in that locker room. He's going to be a veteran presence in that locker room. 
Again, outside in, it felt like the immaturity of that locker room killed that locker room last year. And no matter what Taylor Jenkins did, and I like Taylor Jenkins, former Milwaukee Bucks assistant under Mike Budenholzer, big fan of his. Yep. Uh, it, they, he couldn't figure out how to get that locker room going the right way again. And Dylan Brooks obviously was a major problem, and getting him out of there and him having him, you know, be mm-hmm. a huge overpaying free agency uh, is fine. But that's what it looked like to me. I don't know what it felt like to you guys in Memphis, but to me, it felt like, okay, we've got to take care of Ja, and these two dudes should be able to help do that. I don't want to speak for 100,000 people or even 1.1 million, but uh, me, to you, and what I've heard here at the radio station from callers, and uh, at some point, maybe today, tomorrow, probably tomorrow, we'll we'll, we'll open up the phones because we've been talking and analyzing this for two days. Tomorrow, maybe we open up the phone, Steve, and ask people, but... The sense I get from talking to people is you're right. Um, We have dealt with the biggest superstar that Memphis has seen since Elvis, and that's not hyperbole. Like, it really isn't because this is a small market. You know, we're a top 50 market, but we're we're a smaller market, especially by NBA standards. And so I think the franchise took special provisions to treat Ja not differently, although they treated him differently, but from a hands management perspective, more hands off. I, I think that's fair to say. And it may have been the right approach. You know, more hands off, give him some autonomy, uh, let him own the first front row seats of the stadium and bring in Devontae Pack to sit next to his dad and next to his guys and let him have total free reign on Instagram and Twitter and be on his phone 30 seconds after the, the game ends at FedEx Forum that he's tweeting about his performance or we'll, we'll get better or we won't or I'm, I'll be back tomorrow. But already it's, it's yielded dividends because um, if you look at the post – the, uh, the, the post-trade deadline press conference from Zach Kleiman, who we hadn't heard from, the GM of the Grizzlies, he said that we have higher expectations now. Uh, it's, it has changed, you know, and he basically put it all out there. And I think when you saw the moves in free agency with D. Rose coming in, that was the second step after the Marcus Smart trade, um, along with moving Dylan Brooks out. And I think where I'm going with that is we didn't see Ja on social media for two more months after, really, um, until recently with, with the, the trade deadline, the draft, and then as soon as the D-Rose thing happened Friday, you saw Ja come out with where you can't reply to his tweets. He was, it was the first message we had seen in a while, and it was a special, it was an image with Derrick Rose. So clearly they had plugged in Ja that they were going to sign Derrick Rose, who is beloved in Memphis. Like, Derrick Rose 23 jerseys, Steve, are going to sell in this market like you would not believe. Like, it's going to be Ja and Derrick Rose jerseys. Now, how much will Derrick Rose help? I think he's going to be a great mentor and hopefully somebody who can guide and help a you know, 24-year-old John Moran. He's 35 years old. He went through some real tough stuff in Chicago, getting through a charge that almost ended his professional life that settled. Kind of came through the woods, saw some good action with the Knicks, decent player, but didn't play much last year. So that's the question that we've been asking for the last 24 hours since we got back from the break, which is, What's Derrick Rose going to offer this team from a basketball perspective? He's going to get 25 games to probably get some run, maybe as a backup point guard. Marcus Smart probably going to be starting those games. Um, but short of that, I think it's just that Ja admires him. I think it's he can add some guidance in the locker room, and I think that's what Memphis fans think of Derrick Rose outside of buying that new 23 jersey. I think that is exactly why Derrick Rose is there. More for the locker room aspect of things more so than uh, even on the floor. Now, obviously, Marcus Smart is going to help you way more on the floor 
uh, than Derrick Rose's at this point. Uh, and yep. now it's also going to be, you know, the maturity of Bain and Jackson and those guys to take the next step uh, and continue to improve as players this offseason uh, as they go into next season. Because you look around the NBA and if you look at the West and you look at Phoenix. Kevin Durant has oh, been yeah. doing this for a while. Bradley Beal has never been in a situation like he is now, uh, but he's an established star player. He's going to be asked to kind of take the next step as well. Devin Booker now is going to be asked to go take a next step. Yeah, he's been in the NBA Finals, but he's never had the weight of the world on him. The Suns are going to have the weight of the world on them. But those are the guys you're going to have to compete against to beat, to go to the NBA Finals and win the NBA Finals. And the question has to be asked of how good really are our young guys? Are they good enough to overcome a team like that to go win an NBA Finals? Are they good enough to overcome a team with Chris Paul that makes no sense and the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green? Are they good enough to overcome that? Or are we overvaluing the young talent that you that we have on this roster in Memphis? Jaron Jackson, Defensive Player of the Year, Awesome. That's great. But at the end of the day, will there be enough offense outside of Bain and John Morant to take out a team like Phoenix? And how good can the defense be to contain all of those dudes uh, that the Phoenix Suns are going to run at you? I think it's a big year for the Memphis Grizzlies from that perspective of finding out really how good is this team and what really is the ceiling of this team. To this point, it's been, well, they're young, they're going to get better, and we're, we're gonna, they're going to find their way eventually. Well, I think eventually it becomes this season. Yep. You now have to see that next step. Yeah, this is the season, and we're talking, Sparky is on with us, Steve Pfeiffer, our co-host today from 1250amthefan.com uh, out of Milwaukee. You host a podcast, Steve, called Green and Growing. Uh, great podcast. You can hear it on Odyssey, by the way. And you talked about what the Bucks did. We just paid a max deal to Desmond Bain. Now, it's not the super max like Ja had where where your escalator is based on making all NBA. It's it's, it's a higher pay this year, but it'll eventually be where hopefully Ja writes the ship and he's our highest player, maybe making all NBA, but two max players. And then Jaron Jackson on a really good deal, sort of like the one that I thought not as good as the Chris Middleton deal because I thought Chris Middleton would get a max deal, but... In this market, Chris Middleton would have gotten a max deal. He did not get a max deal in Milwaukee, which I was surprised at. We have three players that are probably max-level players. John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson in this market. Now, we happened to get Jaron on that great deal a couple years ago. I think you're right. I think those three players, when right, and when they have their heads right, and they're not putting guns on Instagram in the case of Ja, um, and Jaron Jackson's not fouling, like... I think that's as good as you could hope for in a market like Memphis. You you hit lottery there. You you hit the jackpot. You drafted a dude at 30 who's really good, who you just gave a max deal to. You got a superstar in John Morant. And you have the defensive player of the year in Jaron Jackson. You just added another great defensive player in, in uh, Marcus Smart. I think the Marcus Smart is a slight upgrade from Dylan Brooks. So th- with those four players, I think you've done about as good as you could hope for, right? Now the fifth is Steven Adams. If Steven Adams is right, now I've already said three ifs in this top five, so that's kind of sucky, but you follow me here, right, Steve? Like, yeah. Those five are very good when healthy and what, not doing silly stuff. This all comes down to the edge work. Like, I don't see Derrick Rose being 
any of the solution for any of this, honestly. He's part of those five that you're trying to get right in the relationships and the locker room. He's 35 years old. He's trying to get you through the first 25 games. I don't see that being the big thing. Which brings us to Summer League. And here in Memphis, I know in Milwaukee they might not do it, but we live, we don't have any other pro teams. And all we do is talk about Tigers and the roster and Javon Quinterly, who was on campus yesterday with Memphis, and we'll get to that later. Um, probably coming to Memphis. Um, but you look at we play we look at these summer league games like with a critical eye because you know they're important. Jake Laravia La and I, I keep saying his name wrong. Jake Laravia, like that's an important player. He was drafted in the first round last last year, and we we traded up to get him. You know, David Roddy, same thing. Um, these are players that they invested in and they drafted. Some of these guys got a hit. Uh, now the problem is if you're Brad Carson. You're driving all over the road because you see Jake on on in game one. Like it didn't look like he could he he could shoot, and then he comes out. As I said yesterday, I said this yesterday. I said this is the same guy who could score 25 points tonight against uh, uh, against uh, the Utah Jazz or whoever they're playing in summer league. You know, and sure enough, last night he scores 25 points against Oklahoma City. You know, it's like. And so that player needs to be consistent for you. You need Jake LaRavia to be, he needs to be a good player, and he probably needs to be a rotation player. David Roddy, to me, has already proven to be a, a rotation player. Kenny Lofton Jr., he might be one of your backup options if Steven Adams isn't right, but he's not even the solution. Neither is Vince Williams, who had a really nice game. Gilliard is, is really a G League player, and so is the rest of the roster, including the player they drafted in the second round, G.G. Jackson, this year. Um, some of these guys had, but they do need to develop these players. Santi, uh, Santi Aldama, I think, is a rotation player. But there's a lot of ifs in what I just laid out for you, uh, wouldn't you say? Well, I, I, I will say this. I, I've been out to the NBA Summer League a plenty uh, out in Las Vegas. Uh, I've had the opportunity to go out there a bunch. Uh, and if you've never been to the NBA Summer League and you're a, a basketball junkie, uh, it is a bucket list thing that you need to do at some point in your life. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, you have two gyms that are connected uh, together out in Las Vegas where UNLV plays, and there is a concession stand and like a bar area and the whole deal that connects both of them. And you s- seriously can just wander from one game to the other back and forth, figure out whatever game you want to watch. But the coolest part about the whole deal is all the NBA brass, front office, scouts, players, whatever, they sit in the stands where you sit in the stands. (laughs) So you literally can be sitting there and you could have a GM, two GMs sitting behind you, possibly talking about a trade uh, or talking about players or talking about their families or a couple of scouts from a couple of different teams, whatever, just hanging out uh, and talking amongst the fans in the stands. It is amazing. And then when it's done, you're in Las Vegas, and you literally run into about everybody because a lot of these NBA stars, because it's Vegas, will come out and hang out at a practice for their summer league team and say hi and maybe sit in the front row at a game or two, and then they're going to go hit the craps table or whatever, and you're going to see these guys walking around. Just telling you, it's it's like one of the coolest experiences you'll ever do. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go do NBA Summer League, it's awesome. Now, how much stock do I put in NBA Summer League? Not much. Uh, ha- having haven't been to the NBA Summer League a bunch, um, and I've not been to the one in Sacramento or the one in Utah, but still watching it on TV. My 16-year-old is a uh, Sacramento Kings fan from a few years ago because he wanted an NBA jersey. He gave me all these NBA jerseys like two weeks out before Christmas. None of them were available in his size other than De'Aaron Fox. That's what I got. He said, okay, I'm going to be a Kings fan the rest of my life. And away <laughs> we've went. 
Uh, and it turned out because now they're they actually got good last year. Uh, and so we're watching those. And I'll be watching Bucks Summer League games. But you just got to calm down a little bit as far as what you're seeing from this aspect. The defense, mm, not that good. No. Right? It's just not. I mean, it's worse than a preseason NBA game. So you're not getting a lot of defense. So those guys that can get up and run and transition and do that type of stuff are going to play well. You're talking about Laravia, who, again, shot the ball really well last night, right? Was, yeah. You know, shot the ball well outside, was able to, to, to get to the rim a little bit. But that's fine. But now you're going to get to Vegas, and you're going to get to the Vegas Summer League, and now you're going to see another bag of goods <laughs> of whatever you may see there. And yeah. Weminyama, he was expected to play in Sacramento. Nah, I'm not coming. But Keegan Murray played for the Kings, but he's not going to go play in Vegas. But now Weminyama is going to play uh, in Vegas. So I, I would temper enthusiasm a little bit when a dude does really good, just like I would say I would not freak out if somebody does bad. Oh, oh he had six fouls and he was 0-5 from the field. He's going to suck all year now. Right. No, he's not. It's just a game. I mean, a lot of these guys now, not in the case of LaRavia, but a lot of these like draft picks, they're coming into a brand new offensive system and defensive system they've never played in. Guys that have really never played together are having to play together and getting limited practice time of playing together. Uh, and some of these guys are fighting for jobs. LaRavia's not fighting for a job necessarily, so he can play a little bit more free. Some of these other dudes are fighting to be on the Grizzlies roster and have more at stake than he does, maybe, in a in a game. So there's more pressure on him, which, in my opinion, kind of changes how you play when you're in the Summer League versus somebody that knows they're on the roster and know they're going to play, and they're just working on their game a little bit more. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. The problem is, I, I tend to be a basket case as it is anyway. I'll, I just put that out there. Like I, I am a maniac fan. I, I swing from one side to the other when it comes to watching these dudes, and it's just, I in my in my sports fandom, it is the nature of who I am. Having said that, I expect Jake Laravia to be the type of player that should score 15 to 25 points every game in summer league. I don't think that's ridiculous. Sure. You know, so that's that is kind of where I was coming at it from the first game. Oh, that was kind of a rough game. But Brad, what do you expect from him in the regular season now? I, mean, I expect him to be a rotation player. And what if he's not doing what he did last night in a in a G slash summer league game? He should not be expected to be in a rotation because there's too many good players on this team. One of them isn't playing in summer league in Zaire Williams, and that was. I think sometimes what you learn in summer league are the play, players who do or don't play in general. Forget the result. Who's playing, right? Like, it's weird to me that Zaire Williams is playing because I thought he had something to prove still. Like, I put him in with with uh, LaRavia, you know? Like, why is he not playing summer league? Uh, and it may Great be injuries. And I, that, is, that is strange. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a larger question, but I, I do appreciate your perspective because fans were last night going, see what I told you about LaRavia? Watch game two. And I was the same dude yesterday on the radio who said, Watch him score 25 points in the second game of the Summer League because he should be. He should be scoring a lot of points, but he should also be chucking like he did last night. And and like you said, I, I'm with you. No D in these games. The pace is the thing that is so wild to me. It's it's incredibly disorganized. Like yes. there, there there literally aren't sets being run. It is it is chuck and go, dude. It is so fast. And and you see that in the quality of the play. Uh, Grizzlies though do win 94-86. They are 2 and 0 and we do have gamblers on this radio station, John Martin who are gambling on these games plus 2000 he got it at. So uh, for the for the Vegas league, he got ahead of the game. Um <laughs> Hey, there's money to be had. You can bet on it in Tennessee, Steve. Uh, Steve Pfeiffer is with us here at Sparky Radio. He's my friend from 1250 AM, The Fan in Milwaukee. He's going to be here with us for the whole show today, tomorrow. And so excited to have you on, Steve. I know you're a hoops guy. 
uh, in Wisconsin, and uh, good to have you on here. Next, Dan Devine joins us from Yahoo. He wrote about Damian Lillard, and uh, he also hosts The Ball Don't Lie. He really liked what your Bucks have done as far as free agent signings and uh, putting their that. roster together. So we'll talk about that next. You're listening to The Jeff Calkins Show with Steve Pfeiffer. I'm Brad Carson on 92.9 FM ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Today, it's special guest hosts Brad Carson and Sparky Pfeiffer on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show. You get a two-for-one today, and then we add a third in Yahoo's Dan Devine. He's on Twitter at Your Man Devine. Presumably, he's on threads now. Everybody's on threads suddenly. What the hell is going on there? The new uh, Zuckerberg act through Instagram. Uh, last night, I also listened to him on the Ball Don't Lie podcast. Yahoo guy, it is Dan Devine. Dan does every Thursday with Jeff Calkins, and we're fortunate he does it. I've got Steve on with me. Dan, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Yes, Threads is, we'll see, man. I don't know. All, all these other things, we'll see. you got to be there just in case, but we'll see. I don't know. In yeah. any event, Thursday with Jeff and with, with the folks at 92.9, that I know. That's not a new app i got to download and try. This one I know. Uh, well, I'll start off here, uh, and we'll get you on Threads, Twitter, whatever we have to do. It, <laughs> it, it gets confusing at times, and I've started just copying and pasting and doing all the platforms, just assuming people are everywhere. Not that they're reading it, because you never know how it's getting sort of aggregated in the logarithms and such. <laughs> so, uh, Dan is with us. Let me start off with the stuff you've been working on. We're going to get to Grizzlies. We've been talking about it for 48 hours, if not longer, since Friday, since acquiring Derrick Rose and getting Marcus Smart, and those are important items. But kind of the topic of the day is Damian Lillard, and you talked a lot about it. You've written about it. You wrote a column about it yesterday for Yahoo, basically chronicling the the, the Damian Lillard. Uh, I'll call it a debacle because right now the GM uh, is trying to deal him. There's only seemingly one team that they've sort of 
have an opportunity, according to Lillard's camp, to do that with. And as Steve just mentioned in the opening segment, like it should be a requirement that they have three teams, not just one. And in the case of Lillard, you've got you know, his agent, Goodwin, who is saying uh, you're going to get an unhappy player if he goes here. And then Cronin, if I'm not mistaken, from Portland's like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Can you sort of set up what's going on with Damian Lillard at this point, Dan? Yeah, so we have a good old-fashioned staring contest happening right now. That's, that's basically where, where it works out. Damian Lillard said, uh, after the meeting that they had last week with Joe Cronin and Damian Lillard and his representation, basically saying, like, don't ask out now. Give me a minute to cook in free agency. Let me see what kind of talent we can add to the Blazers. Uh, the Blazers went out and they brought back Jeremy Grant, five years, $160 million, a contract that I think made a lot of eyeballs bulge out of skulls around the NBA, um, but was also the, kind of the cost of doing business for the trade to bring him in last year, which was something that Damian Lillard was behind, right? This was a, a way to try to support and build a winner there around Damian Lillard last season, um, but that was all they did. Uh, and so that on the heels of drafting Scoot Henderson, not trading the number three pick in the draft for immediate help after not trading the number seven pick last year, Shaden Sharp, for immediate help or making some kind of package offer together to find more immediate help. That's when Damian Lillard, you know, whatever, six or 12 hours into free agency said, OK, now I'd like to go and I want to go to Miami. And now that leaves us with. Do the, does the, do the Blazers like what Miami's offering? And for, by all accounts, no. Uh, some, uh, one argument for that or one reason why might be that the Blazers, with a whole bunch of young talent in the backcourt, don't really have much interest in Tyler Hero, who would have to be both. It's the best talent play that, uh, that he can sort of put in, in terms of an asset into a deal. And also his money would have to go into a deal to get up to Damian Lillard's very large contract. Uh, so then the Blazers want the Heat to find a third team to take Tyler Hero's deal and also maybe turn him into another draft pick or two that would go back to the Blazers in the deal. Yikes. There are apparently a handful of teams that have reached out, or either that Portland has reached out to or the Miami has reached out to or that have represented some interest in being part of it. But every time, you know, when two teams want to make a deal, it's pretty clear and simple. When three or four teams start getting involved, everything gets a little bit crazier because everybody's got their own asks, right? It's, well, you know, if you're, say, say the Brooklyn Nets, right, Ian Begley of SNY here in New York had reported that they were a team that had been contacted about being that way station team for Hero. And now they're looking at it and saying, well, yeah, okay, but if you want us to get involved, like, we're going to need something on the back end of that, like either a, a, maybe a pick to take on Hero's deal or, hey, you know, we got this Ben Simmons guy, and he's owed a lot of money. Maybe you could take his deal off our hands. And that obviously creates another complication. And so, you know, the, the, the more you try to get more teams into the mix and the more the Blazers want to gin up a larger market and say, well, we don't have to just send you to where you want to go if that's not the best offer we can get, and then Miami can look at it and say, okay, so where's your best offer? Where, who else is going to put something on the table if Dame doesn't want to go there? If there's the question of how much do you want a 33-year-old Dame Lillard owed $206 million over the next four years if he doesn't want to be there? Um, and what are you willing to give up for him? Uh, it creates sort of, sort of a, a cooling effect or a chilling effect on the whole market. And Joe Cronin can then say, well, I don't like anything that's on the table for me right now, but there's no reason i got to make a deal today. I can just wait, like uh, the, the Nets did last year with, with Kevin Durant, bring that into the season, or like Daryl Morey did with Ben Simmons a couple of years ago, and bring that into the season. It's about what's your appetite for being uncomfortable. And if Dame wants to, wants to go to one place and one place only, and Joe Cronin does not like the deal he's going to get from that place, maybe everybody's going to be pretty uncomfortable for a little while here. 
That's the right move for Joe Cronin. That's exactly what he should do. If he doesn't like the deal, uh, then at the end of the day, then Lillard starts with Portland, and you work it from there and see what happens. I don't see Damian Lillard being a troublemaker in the locker room with this young team if that is the scenario that ends up playing. I think he's a team-first guy. I think he'll make the best out of it until, as long as he believes they're trying to work on a deal to get him somewhere else. Uh, Let's transition a little bit over to Memphis Grizzlies, if you don't mind. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, now a part of this Grizzlies team, uh, along with Derek Rose. I had said earlier this hour, from an outsider's perspective looking in, it looked like they went out and got a couple babysitters for John Morant to try and help out that locker room uh, and keep an eye on John Morant kind of going forward. Obviously, Marcus Smart brings defense and so forth. I get that. But a couple of veteran guys that can kind of take over a very young locker room and kind of get them focused uh, in going in the right direction. What did you make of those deals? Yeah, I think it's a it's a little bit maybe not specifically just babysitters for John Morant, but but in general, like things had maybe gotten a little a, a little out of where the Memphis front office would have liked that you know the the youthful exuberance to go, shall we say? And so obviously there's there's the serious component to that in in Jaws scenario, but there's also like Dylan Brooks and everything that happened there, and the argument of you can't bring that guy back. So, okay, what do you do? But, I mean, but he also served a really important role. He was one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. He took the other guy's top option every night um, and was, you know, you, you don't just find perimeter defenders like that sort of uh, growing on trees. So how do you replace him? And also a starter that, you know, that started a ton of games for you over the years. And Marcus Smart kind of answers both those questions. He's a, a, a caretaker point guard, a guy who can play the point while Jaws out. He's also that top perimeter defender, defensive player of the year two seasons ago. And he's a, you know, I've been around winning his entire career. I believe every year that he was in Boston, they made the playoffs. And uh, after maybe his first season um, and, was a, you know, played, I would have to imagine as many playoff games as the, the entire Grizzlies roster combined outside of maybe Steven Adams. Uh, and so bringing a guy like that in has a ton of value, uh, sort of a culture resetter. Um, and Derek Rose has, you know, few players in the last, you know, 15, 20 years have sort of seen it all in the same way that Derek Rose has, you know, the, the highs and the lows and the on-court issues, the off-court issues, all of the different various things that Derek Rose has been through. And the re, his sort of re-emergence in New York the last couple of years, he was a really important on-court player when they traded for him from the Pistons a couple of seasons ago, and then really receded last season, was basically just a vet, um, but when it you know was, was sort of very clear, like I I can still play, like I have I still have something uh, to offer on the court, and that's a, sort of the tricky thing for for a veteran leader, right? Guy, the young players in the in the locker room respect what you've done, but if they don't think you can still do it, sometimes the message falls a little flat, or maybe it might fall on deaf ears. So it'll be interesting to see kind of if Derrick Rose can show, in the, in the, especially those first 25 games with Ja out, if he's actually able to get on the court and play or maybe earn, sort of earn some of those minutes and, and perform in them, maybe that makes the message carry a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, the, all of the, guys, the young guys that he was playing with in New York were, were super complimentary of him. Uh, there's a lot of respect for what he's done and what he's been. Obviously, the, the, the sort of uh, 
full circle moment of going back to Memphis after what he'd met on those uh, John Calipari team, and uh, that final four run mm-hmm. uh, is, kind of, is a really cool thing. But I think it's, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role, like he, he comes in the room with a ton of respect. It's just going to be an interesting sort of where he fits in as an actual on-court player. And, and maybe the answer is he doesn't, but the, what, he, what he brings and what he can sort of get into the heads of those guys uh, is valuable just in and of itself. Well, Dan, as you can imagine, the Grizzlies have gotten ahead of this. The 23 Memphis Grizzlies jerseys are flying off the shelves, if nothing sure. else, despite whatever we're going to get on Cordy. We got uh, Yahoo's Dan Devine, at your man Devine, Twitter and everywhere on the uh, internet there. Ball Don't Lie is the podcast he does with Yahoo, does a terrific job writing then he's on every Thursday with Jeff at 9.30 and just uh, kind of a two-parter here. Earlier, Steve, who's on with us from Milwaukee and I were talking about uh, just the Marcus Smart replacing Dylan Brooks conversation. Not just that, and then sort of the second part is the, the, the edge work beyond the core four or five players. First, is Marcus Smart an upgrade? And also, who are the other performers in that rotation to help out the core three plus Adams? Yeah, I think that and I come to this, and I'm a Dylan Brooks guy. I, I, there, there are tweets out there, and I'm sure people will can find them in service somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> For all of us, really. Where, but where I'm like, I, I, I'll take that guy 10 times out of 10 because, yeah, even if the 5% that makes him unbearable sometimes is really hard, the 95% that he gives you and the confidence that leads him to that 5%, you need that guy in a foxhole. And I, I've been that, uh, that proponent of Dylan Brooks, and I was watching the playoffs through my fingers uh, like with my hands over my eyes as I realized those tweets are out there. But Marcus Smart is essentially that with the volume turned down a little bit and things and the sliders redirected toward passing. So Marcus Smart will still take some of those shots where you're like, there's definitely at least two or three other guys that should be taking the shot right now. But he doesn't take them as often as Dylan Brooks. He doesn't take them as sort of hopelessly as Dylan Brooks. He's a better three-point shooter, a more high, higher volume and more accurate one, though not as accurate as you would like for the volume he takes. And the playmaking component, is, it's just at a different level. Dylan, you know, there, were the, there was the, the sort of viral funny moment last year where it was like Dylan Brooks looked at however many assists he had and said, you know, shouts out to me for my playmaking. Marcus Smart is a point guard. And, and maybe he's not a pure point guard. Maybe he's not the same kind of facilitator as John Morant. But if you need somebody to run the show, he can do that and has been that guy through a number of different iterations of the Celtics and, you know, with a number of different styles of player next to him. He's still played that role. He's a combo guard who can guard up. There, I mean, and I've, I've said this before, one of the things that blew my mind with, Mar- with Marcus Smart was, like, they would trust him to guard centers at times. You know, like, he's smaller than Dylan Brooks, but I think he's a better overall player and fits needs really, really well. And then in terms of who else I'm looking at on the roster, I think it's, it's, it's all those sort of combo forwards, right? Like, uh, because if you, last year they were important at the beginning of the season because of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injury. Now uh, Brandon Clark being out, but also there's going to be more wing minutes with Dylan Brooks gone. And so uh, as you look at it, like, is, are we ready for a jump from Jake LaRavia? I know he's performing in summer league now. Are we ready for, is David Roddy ready to take a step forward? Santi Aldama got kind of first crack because of the way he fit with his shooting next to, uh, to Triple J last year. Like, those guys are going to have to take a jump, I think. And then the one for me that he kind of fell by the wayside last year, injuries and some other issues, but you got to show Zaire Williams was, it was a starter on a playoff team, right? And he fits, like, the, he is the only right. guy that looks the part for that kind of, like, 6'8", 6'9", long-armed wing that fits, you know, like, the 3 and D component, the, the outlines of a real player are there. 
still so young, still so much ability. Can he bounce back after that sort of sophomore slump and uh, reassert himself in that position? I think those are the guys, those wing players and those combo forwards. If the Grizzlies can turn some of those young guys, or at least find out which of those young guys need to be part of the picture moving forward, like this is a little bit of uh, like a sifting season. Uh, you got to shake out the wheat from the chaff a little bit and find out who's yeah. going to be part moving forward. You know, uh, some breaking news here uh, as you were talking uh, from TMZ Sports. Uh, So I'm sure you're not aware of this, but let me uh, just clue you in what's going on. As we know, the NBA Summer League is in Vegas where everybody wants to be, including Britney Spears, uh, who was there uh, with her husband and so forth. Uh, And Britney and company, who she was with, uh, was going into this restaurant where she spotted Victor Weminyama. She's a fan. She wants to meet Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, she wanted sure. a she wanted a picture, Dan. It's not it's not unheard of. She's Britney Spears for God's sakes. So she goes up to Victor Wembanyama, taps him on his back, right shoulder, and according to TMZ Sports, uh, they're told that the director of team security for the San Antonio Spurs uh, oh that drafted Wembanyama instantly oh backhanded her, causing her to fall to the ground, knocking her glasses off. The guy then eventually came over and apologized and so forth. Uh, but apparently, uh, they are uh, went to the police station, filed a police report with the Metropolitan Police Department in Vegas, alleging battery uh, against the director of security for the San Antonio Spurs. Welcome to the Las Vegas Summer League. And I've brought this up before on the podcast I do, Green and Growing, uh, talking about the Bucks. that Victor Wembanyama has no idea what he's about to go through. I mean, yes, uh, he was hugely popular uh, overseas and all of that, but it's different than coming in with the weight of the world on your shoulders and everybody wanting a piece and super high expectations. And LeBron was able to live up to his expectations, right? Shaq was able to live up to his expectations, but it doesn't happen all the time. And now right away, he hasn't even played a summer league game. And now he's in the middle of something that really didn't involve him at all, but his name is being put into it. Uh, this is this is going to be an interesting journey for Victor <laughs> Wembanyama as far as how this all plays out going forward with him throughout his first season in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, my my immediate reaction was, thank God it was the security guy, right? Like, I <laughs> <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> what you really super don't need is Victor Wimbanyama turned around and, and backhanded her accidentally. Yeah, yes. That would be really, you know, um, I'm glad that it sounds like Brittany's okay, and it sounds like the apology was accepted, even though you go through the, the, pro, the, the process mm-hmm. of filing the report. I'm hopeful this all comes to naught and that we're pretty quickly moving on to Victor Wembanyama and not being part of this sort of story. Um, but, yeah, what the hell? Why not? Get introduced to the way things are around here, man. It's going to be celebrities and insanity from Jump Street, and it's, you're not going to really be able to hide from it too much because you're seven foot four. So yeah. um, uh, maybe this whole – I mean, the, now the hope is because Victor also seems to have a real – he has sort of a sense about him and a way about him, and he carries all the burdens lightly, it seems like. Maybe this turns into, I don't know, I'm guessing Brittany has like a residency in Vegas. Maybe Victor winds up coming out on stage and, and you know, waving hi to the fans. Maybe, yeah. maybe, we, maybe we turn this into a photo op, and then like the button, the back end of the TMZ story is like, uh, you know, Brittany gets a selfie with Victor because his arms are very long. I don't know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, let me just wrap a bow on this, and uh, we'll let you go, Dan. But I'll just say, as long as nobody has Instagram or Twitter open with a weapon, I think that we can take this security blow as opposed to other things that can happen as a Grizzlies fan in Memphis you know what I'm saying Steve I, am I does that make sense like as long as yeah. no as long as there are no weapons like not to say I'm not trying to encourage domestic especially on the lovely Britney Spears from Victor Wemmon this is so random though 
Like, this is the most random thing ever for a Thursday after during Summer League. It's so crazy. but uh, it, does, it does feel uh, a little bit like Mad Libs. And that's no, it maybe, does. That's maybe fine. But, yeah, the, you know, no, no violence on the dance floor, no violence hey. on social media. Man, always appreciative you come on these Thursday hits with Jeff. I enjoy listening to him and uh, having you on today. That's Dan Devine. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Dan Devine there with Yahoo. We've got Steve Pfeiffer on with us here from uh, Wisconsin at uh, 12.50 a.m. The Fan here on the Odyssey app, as he said earlier. Uh, terrific pod called Green and Growing. Uh, we didn't get to it, but uh, he did like your bucks and the moves that they, they made. They basically have re-signed everybody except uh, who did they lose? Who did we lose? Uh, they, they, they really haven't they lost everybody. anybody. But, I mean, they, they lost Joe Ingles. Uh, yeah. He went to the Orlando Magic for the money, obviously, because the Magic aren't going to do anything anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, but, but other than that, uh, they're all right. They brought in Malik Beasley uh, mm. from the Lakers as a bench piece. We'll see how that all turns up. But, yeah, they're going to try and run it back. And all of these contracts lined up to be done in two years. So Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, all will be done uh, in two years. And at that point, then, the Milwaukee Bucks may be blown up uh, and everybody leaves. Uh, or they can do a reset around Giannis uh, if he signs a longer-term contract. I mean, that's all you can hope for with a new coach, right? I mean, you're basically, the, the, if Adrian Griffin is the only change, right? It's so bizarre, man. Can I just say it's so bizarre, this whole Adrian Griffin thing? First of all, he played here. He was an assistant coach here yeah. uh, back in the day. Then he gets brought back as a head coach, and my idea was uh, this better work because he has yeah. no experience, and you have Giannis in a win-now mode. So you bring him in, but then you bring in Terry Stott, who was Damian Lillard's coach, <laughs> right. Uh, right, in Portland, but it was also a former Bucks head coach who I wanted fired when he was here, yeah. and obviously he did a lot better in Portland, but he's back as an assistant coach when he was a head coach here. Joe Prunty, who was an assistant to Kidd and was the interim head coach after they fired Kidd, he's back as uh. an assistant and coach, I can't remember another situation, at least around here, where you've had two former head coaches at some point come back to be assistant coaches for somebody else in the same market. That That's kind of Well, crazy. as we've talked about before, it's basically they recycle these coaches. It is a cesspool of the same people and the same dudes coming back. I, I don't, it just seems like for all these jobs, and there are only 30 of them. So, uh, that's Steve Pfeiffer. He's at 12.50 a.m. The Fan in Milwaukee. He'll join us next with Chris Harrington, We'll be on the phone with this. Chris, of course, is the columnist for the Daily Memphian, covers the Grizzlies for us. He's on every single day at 10 o'clock, and he wrote about uh, the Grizzlies and their summer league victory as we go blow by blow every moment of the summer league. They beat Oklahoma City 94-86, and we'll talk to Chris next on 92.9. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 